Waking up to a world without hope. Civilization nowhere in sight. It's time to run in 20 days later. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Sandra Bullock was so good oh my in gosh. this movie. Sandra Bullock is amazing in this movie. <laughs> I turned this. I can't tell you how hard it was to find this movie and how often I searched for it, and, tw- and that movie came up instead. Honestly, <laughs> Neely thought this movie was a sequel to the Sandra Bullock movie. So, oh really? She actually remembered be this movie better than I did. She I, she saw this movie. We both probably watched this movie, uh, Neely and I did, in like 2009 or something. Yeah. She remembered it better than I did. So she remembered the monkey thing. She's like, there's monkeys in it, right? And Sandra Bullock, right? Uh. Monkeys and Sandra Bullock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So when did she realize Sandra Bullock was not going to show up? When I said, no, no Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know if you just like told her, like, yeah, yeah, she should come nah. in sometime. <laughs> I didn't believe and then, her. Like at when first. you saw one of the zombies running around, you're like, oh, there she is. Yeah, I didn't believe her that it was actually a 28 days movie with Sandra Bullock, but she she proved me wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. This is the Bargain Basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, it's 28 days later. With me today is the non-infectious Alex. Ooh. Not infectious, I should say. Joined by the eye-removing Eric. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, one thing I could say about this movie, Alex. Dark 2000s Returns. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I kind of miss it. <laughs> At, at that what point, are our what are our movies we've watched on this show so far, Alex? That are our dark two thousands movies. It's very few. It's a couple. I, you know, I think The Mist was one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got Alien versus Predator Requiem. Is oh, that what it was? Gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that one. That one is. The crime against humanity. Uh, <laughs> this one is not that bad, uh, but no. it definitely has that same 2000s uh, film. When filter everything was dark and it. gritty. Oh, for sure, Dude, for sure. That's a such an such an era, and we were so tired of it. But back then, I remember like this. Like, everyone just be- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's jump into it then, Alex, because I think we have enough to say about it and we're already starting. So here we go. Danny Boyle takes the helm of a new style zombie film 28 days later. New millennium or millennium, some say new zombies. And with 28 days later, <laughs> we see a renewal of the zombie film genre with running zombies and incredibly fast transformations. When looking at our zombie film list, Alex, we knew we couldn't leave this film out. But I think a good place to start is this. 
did we not want to leave this film out because of the running zombies? Or does this add something different besides the running zombies? If so, what do you think that might be? Ooh, certainly. I mean, the running zombies were one of the biggest parts of why we wanted to do this, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's definitely me, but there are definitely some new things aside from the obvious zombie running. I mean, the mood here is much darker and brutal than the movies we've seen before this one. The apocalypse has come and gone, and you feel like no one is actually left. And you can attribute a lot of that to Jim just walking around empty London with that banging soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And what I do like about the intro is it is a little reminiscent of Day of the of the Day of the Dead opening, but hmm. it's much more ominous because he's by himself. He doesn't know what's happened, and it's even more empty than we expected right there's no slow walking zombies we see in the distance there's really nothing that we see and like you know this is a zombie movie where are the zombies and so it, it just really builds that tension into a mood that i feel like walking dead kind of grabbed and ran with for multiple seasons yep uh, to various degrees of success <laughs> mm-hmm. but even even um even uh the main character of that, he wakes up, right? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Very, very similar vibe. And you can see this has had a massive uh, inspiration for future j- zombie tone. Um, you know, and then when he goes into that church, right? Mm-hmm. And those, he shouts for, like, to see if anyone's there. It always sees just bodies and bodies and bodies, very blurry bodies because there's no high definition version of this film. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's a, it's almost like an abstract painting at times. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he's in there and then he says, you know, he says, hello. And you just see a couple of those zombies pop up really fast and just stare, dude. It's such good unsettling stuff. It is so Mm. creepy. Yeah. I absolutely loved that moment for sure. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, I think it definitely adds some stuff. What about you? Yeah, I think the horror feels much more immediate than what we've perhaps grown a bit accustomed to in our judge George Romero trilogy, for example. Um, I mean, you'll certainly be glad Alex that most of the zombie logic is gone here because we have running zombies. Uh, there might yep. be one thing that if, if, <laughs> if you could nitpick, I'm sure you will. However, This film does go beyond running zombies and fast infections for me. It is what you mentioned. It's that apocalyptic flavor that feels like it draws on the past, right? It's influenced by the past, but it provides us with Mm -hmm. 2002 post-apocalyptic flavors. I wasn't surprised to see that Alex Garland was the writer here. Uh, He's pretty fantastic. More recently, he's been known for Ex Machina and Annihilation, uh, I don't think you've seen either of those, but they're good. They're really good. No, I've seen I've seen X oh, Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I saw the date came out. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, and the script and story here live up to what you come to expect from Alex Garland. I think after the monkey opening, which brain dead, right? <laughs> we get essentially a silent film for twenty minutes. You were reminded of Day of the Dead. I was reminded of Night of the Living Dead. Actually. With that silent opening, after you get the initial moments, but then you have a long silent part, um, and then uh, 
yeah, once we get that and during that scene here in this movie, we see that this world has been, been completely changed and upended. And it is so unsettling, like you mentioned before. Yeah, and it, 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 <laughs> it's so cool. And that's what I really like about this film and what it contributes to some of the future stuff is that the world really becomes one of the most interesting aspects here. The fact that we don't know exactly what happened, you know, we're missing that 28 days and we don't understand even how people evacuated, how many people got evacuated, how many are dead. All we know is like, it's, this setting is very post-apocalyptic in its emptiness and its use of like dead bodies that are just laying around. So you, you kind of wonder like, did the army come in and just start shooting? Like, did they actually get a lot of people out? Because it's surprising how empty it is. Mm -hmm. Even for the zombies, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of them, but there's enough of them to be scared of. Um, and the fact that they run definitely makes them more imposing than we ever would have expected. And I, I think all this stuff is really great. You know, there's a lot of questions that we're asking while watching the film, but I think that just, that just kind of flushes out the rest of the yeah. Um, the film doesn't the, the film doesn't want to like give you those answers in exposition either, right? Like you kind of learn new mm-hmm. things throughout the film. And start to figure out things throughout the film that are surprising. Um, it's not like the film has to give you that long story of explanation, right? Uh, you learn as you go. And I think that's good for this film. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think the most amount of exposition we even get is that uh, the government was gone in like four days or something like yeah, that, right? right. And that's, but that felt natural because Jim like just wants to know what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, <laughs> and so he asked that question, and that's kind of like he asked me where the government is, and they're they're gone. I just I love that, and the the setting just gives you the vibe that despite it only being twenty eight days later, it feels like it's probably been months or years to them at this point. Like people are already adapting to survive in this place. Yes. And it's just so it, it's really eerie in the way and realistic, I think, in some ways and how it handles a lot of its world. But I will be honest, I could have just stood there or I could have just sat here and watched Jim walk around in empty London f- for even longer because it's just so moody and perfect. And with that soundtrack, yeah, I think. I think that that's what I'm all about. But the other thing I like about this world, other than our London setting, is when we meet the military. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like they're so equipped, but they're already breaking down. Oh, yeah. In like a societal way. And it's kind of amazing that <laughs> in less than a month, they're already re- re- uh, yeah. die devolving oh, yeah. into such like ridiculous depraved things but it's also maybe a realistic depiction because i'm sure after 28 days it probably feels even longer than that when you're having to kill zombies uh, yeah i think you make all a, day every day you make a good point uh really that i think we we need to consider that is it doesn't feel right for us and it's kind of one of my criticisms of the film um but yeah i'll come back to that in a second i think you make a good point about how time even though not much time has passed 
heightened emotions have strengthen certain inner emotions, right? Like heightened situations strengthen those inner emotions in mm-hmm. a very quick way. But you know, my criticism of the film beyond the 2002 dark film camera filter, and yeah, just the the poor quality <laughs> uh, of some of the the film here is. I don't love the middle quite as much as the first or the last third. I think Frank and Hannah are important characters. The film needs them. But I think the narrative calls for them to soften up Selena. And I'm not sold on that happening, even though it does. I'm more sold on Jim's transformation than I am on Selena's. And I, I do eventually buy that romance at the core of this movie between those two. But I think there is that point. Like, I think you do have to consider the heightened circumstance here that really brings together people in a quick way. Um, They feel sort of like family, but the reality is they've been traveling together for a day and a half, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Or something like that. Uh, And they've been through a couple of close call situations, but a close call situation is, is not unlike a military situation. Right. Um, Where brothers in combat might have that special sort of bond that might not exist outside of this circumstance, but it certainly exists within the circumstance. My only other real criticism is just in this world, I don't think I could ever feel a sense of levity like our characters seemingly do, like when they're in the grocery store, for example. I would just be freaking out constantly because these things just, they come out of nowhere. It feels like they come out of nowhere. Um, you might be able to hear them if they're running, but they, they, they get caught by surprise a couple times. Um, just like if you get caught by surprise by these things, you're done for. There's no like slow, I, I could probably get away, but I'm just going to come to my fate like you hate, Alex. There's none of that here. If you are mm-hmm. caught, you're caught. Yeah, I I think in this world you kind of gotta enjoy the little things. I I, I kind of understand like the actual little bits of levity here, and I think there's some understanding in this world that these zombies, while we do have like one or two kind of pop out of nowhere, the kid in particular, mm-hmm. but even then Jim seems to kind of see it coming. You know, he's not surprised yeah. when it does happen. Um, but there seems to be some sort of understanding that these things are just not in certain areas. You know, like they're during the daytime, they don't seem to really be out and about. Um, they, I mean, they, at the beginning, the only reason we see them in the daytime is because Jim has lured them out of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like they mostly kind of stick to the night and, but, you know, none of these rules are really clear. So I kind of, I do understand a little bit of your gripe here. And I would like to understand kind of how some of these things operate. Now, I am frustrated with a few things in this film. First off, the poor quality, like you said. The, 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 the quality of the image, not necessarily the production, but the of the image. It's a weird... Yeah conscious decision i at first i was like i don't know if this is a conscious decision or danny boyle was had a like a shoestring budget or what was going on but there was two indicators that told me that this was actually a conscious choice mm-hmm. you can tell by the footage at the beginning when we're first getting those pieces of footage on the tv that the monkey is watching yeah 
And those are actually higher quality than the stuff we get later. And then the ending sequence of the farm is much higher fidelity mm-hmm. than the rest of the film. So it is actually like a style choice. Like once things are calm, the image is nice and crystal clear. I don't like, I don't know how much it's intentional and like if there's supposed to be any sort of meaning to it. I do think it's an interesting thing to think about though. And I do think it was on purpose. I think you're right. But I think because now I think in this day of it, age of high fidelity. No, some of it feels like you're almost like, feels like lazy filmmaking in a sense. Um, but it's purposefully yeah. lazy filmmaking. It feels some shots and some moments feel like a home movie, um, which to yeah. me, I think what what you're going for there, if if you're if you're shooting in that way, especially moments for me where it's like um, with the four main characters, whenever they start to feel like that family, there's just some weird shots um, of them kind of dialoguing and <laughs> just hanging out. That feels like a home movie, which definitely is intentional in order to sort of create that intimacy or try to make us feel that intimacy that they're feeling in these moments. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it's intentional. Yeah, there's there's some, you know, you mentioned that, and that was something I also noted in my mind when I was watching. I was like, there's some really weird editing. There's really weird shots. There's really weird all kinds of stuff. But mm-hmm. It is on purpose. It's it is edited erratically at times. Yes. Um, even during sometimes non chaotic scenes, like mm-hmm. if there, but I guess it it does kind of mostly go to the the more tense scenes, the more frantically edited. It's not like it's hiding anything. It's just it's for effect, and I it I is. do think it's really interesting. Now, whether I really like a lot of it or not. Might be another story, but at least it's something interesting here. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you, Eric. That middle third of the film is a little middling when they're traveling. I think after the grocery scene, it's kind of a little boring um, until the dad turns into yeah. a zombie. <laughs> but that's such a silly moment. Um, <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate. Really, it's kind of <laughs> ridiculous. But we, you know, that kind of brings something else I wanted to bring up. I love how fast they turn into mm-hmm. zombies because mm-hmm. it means like as soon as someone's bit, you have to make a decision. And we see that with Selena and her friend. I forgot his name. Yeah. But as soon as he's bit, you know, they're buddies. Yeah. And then there yeah. she is hacking away at him with a machete. Dude, like, you do not expect her to just completely turn around and murder that man. Mm-hmm. Um But I, I do think it adds another little layer of context with how people have to treat each other in this world. But uh, again, I'm with you on the front and the back third of this film being stellar. And it's really the finale that I think carries a lot of the film. Yes. The beginning is really good, but since it does dip, it needs something spectacular to make this film stand out. Mm -hmm. And I think it does it because it's so horrifying that they turn Jim essentially into, you know, the as as the disease or the infection is called rage, yeah. right? They he, they kind of turn him into this embodiment of rage, and he just becomes something deadlier than the zombies around him. And mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting thing for the film to say. Like, yes, we get the obvious commentary, right? Yeah, the rapist man is worse than the monster. 
commentary, but this inter- <laughs> this commentary with Jim is so much more interesting. You know, he goes full blown monster, gouging someone's eyes out and just murdering people. And then a second later, he turns around with blood all over him. It's like he's like, "Hey, sweetie, it's okay." <laughs> <laughs> Right, like he's calm the next second, and I think it's such a, I think it's such a great moment. I do too, and I, I think you're onto something there uh, that this film is trying to say that is important. Um, I think it, what's interesting about that is the film hints at this, right? Like not being able to tell the difference between the uh, infected and the non-infected, and that's essentially what, what. Jim becomes here at the end is you couldn't tell Mm -hmm. if he was infected or not infected just because of that rage and that sort of savage nature. However, it's not the same. It's not the same sort of idea as what the major uh, commander tries to convey, right? It's just Mm -hmm. people killing people, you know, like the, the stereotypical man is worse than the zombie sort of message that's what that's what he's trying to get at, right? And so with that sort of messaging, you can justify really terrible actions, right? Um, mm-hmm. by by saying, yeah, I mean, this is a nihilistic message. And and you can justify all sorts of things by having that sort of mentality. Jim refuses that sort of mentality throughout. Uh, even when Selena is trying to tell him, no. Like, you've got to kill. You've got to put up your guard. Jim was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that, right? I'm going to stay mm-hmm. optimistic, which is, which is weird, right? Like, um, it is, it's different. He, he might have a slightly different perspective because he didn't actually go through the 28 days before. <laughs> um, and right. it's just now here 28 days later. But he does have that sort of optimistic perspective that ultimately help Selena transform her character. You're, I'm with you with the 30 minutes of the film, the last 30 minutes. I think that is fantastic. And it's compounded by that mesmerizing score that makes certain moments feel grungy, which goes along with the sort of tone of this film, but also <laughs> is kind of like pump me up music, right? You're like, yeah, yes. like Jim, like get up right at the end, right? <laughs> um, which is cool. And yeah, like that moment when after he crushes the guy's skull um, and eyes into his head, that moment when Jim and Selena reunite is surprisingly moving. Um, Mm -hmm. And and the words that he shares over and over again to her is, it's not all effed, right? Um, Which is interesting. Again, it's slightly optimistic. This film has this optimism to it um, that I really appreciate and kind of value because I don't think we see it too much in 2023. Um, most films in 2023 are going to lean into the nihilism um, and uh, that this film certainly could lean into without a problem. And certainly that is what um, the military was leaning into at the end. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Ugh. MVM Plus today, Alex, over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. You said you have been on a watching uh, binge. I have not, but (laughs) I will will (laughs) contribute with a couple of of certain things that I've been watching. 
maybe what I've been reading, what I've been doing instead of watching, that type of thing. It'll be fun. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about maybe uh, John Wick 4, yeah. Shazam, huh? and uh, several other releases. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons, yes. I've seen all sorts of things, man. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, let's get into that's patreon.com forward slash pod. Become a bargain base, Mike. Get that conversation and a bunch of other conversations. We're up to how many conversations? I don't know. Probably uh, like so our, 120 So this something. week's episode will be this ep- this week's episode will be 150. 150 MVM Plus episodes? Wow. Yes. That's a lot of MVM Plus, Alex. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into our compelling character awards. Who do you have compelling character? I have anything for Selena. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody that got that reference. So I had uh, Selena because, um, really because of that moment I mentioned earlier. Uh, when you know she's got her friend, you said Mark. Mm-hmm. She's got her best buddy Mark. He gets bit, and within seconds she is just chopping this man down. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting because it it just lays into context how much they've seen and how many times they've had to go through this. It's and that's such a brutal scene too, because like she chops his arm yes. off while he's trying to defend himself. He just keeps hacking away. Mm-hmm. So good job, Selena. <laughs> what, I, what I find interesting about that is, you know, could he obviously has the strength to like overpower her if he wanted to, in a sense, right? Like if they were to fight for a second and he was really going to defend himself, it, it could actually be a battle, right? Yeah. He almost know like there's an aggression that she has right before he transforms. Like he knows he's gone, right? Uh, I think yeah. that's an interesting moment. It's kind of, I mean, it's dark. <laughs> it's really dark. But even though he's like, well, wait, it could, he knows. And so he, he can't fight yeah, he back, knows. right? Like there's no reason to fight back. Um, it's just brutal and messed up. But <laughs> my compelling character is Jim. Um, yeah, I mean, Jim is great. Uh, Jim, Jim, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Different Jim this time, but both compelling characters. Uh, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a throwback. That's a throwback for a long yeah, that's time. That's a listeners. gamer throwback. We've got that's a couple a of inside jokes that have happened in this episode, Alex, that only really long-time listeners will get. So uh, thank yeah. you, our long-time listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jim is great uh, because of that transformation that he goes through, where he does become much more brutal, but yet he still maintains that optimism in who he is right from, from the opening moments um, when he encounters other human beings. And I appreciate that about him. Mm. Like, it, we get mm-hmm. his whole story. He, I mean, he goes and he has hope that his parents might be alive. And we know he's they're dead. Right? Uh, yeah. And that's a surprisingly moving moment as well. Um, he's he's partially oblivious at times. He, he, he's hopelessly optimistic. We feel like at times. Uh, like we, I don't know. For me, I'm siding more with Selena. I'm like, no, you got to be more like Selena, man. You're, you're, you're way too 
like helpful in this sort of situations. But ultimately, like he's right. Like the, that's the reason like he's able to keep pushing through. Maybe Selena is able to push through by having a certain attitude, but he's able to push through with his own attitude um, that's able to help him at the end ultimately reunite with Selena, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. What about your most memorable line of work? It goes to Mark. Um, R.I.P. Mark, who tells mm. who tells Jim, who Jim, of course, is just experiencing this great, are experiencing this great grief, and how Mark tells him you should be grateful. And he's like, no, like, like, why would I be grateful? I've just lost my parents, you know. Um, and then Mark goes into this little story about his family and the result of what happens to his family at the airport oh, that yeah. is just a horrifying story. And then uh, like that monologue I thought was really good. Uh, very memorable to me. And then at the end he, he just comes back to, it. he's like, so yes, you should be grateful. Um, which stands out. Mm, what yeah, about you? That's great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, mine is uh, from the opening moments of the film. He's affected. That's what? Right. <laughs> it's like the only moment of this movie that I died inside watching. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh god, like this actor is very campy for this movie, mm-hmm. and he does not feel like he fits in any way. Yeah. yeah, the military men are a little bit campy at the end as well. Um, yeah, they are a little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm with you. I'm with you there. Can't believe the acting award. I gotta give it to Cillian Murphy as Jim. Mm-hmm. He does great. Oh yeah, he does full frontal nudity. <laughs> I mean, what's not to love here? <laughs> but I think he does a great job. You know, he's running around because um, he's one of the few characters that really has to do like the full gamut, mm-hmm. and he's really the only one that has to do like the full blown rage. While also having to flip a switch in that scene with uh, with Selena, and so I, I I give it to him. I think this movie does not work as well without him being this character. I think he really sells the confusion of waking up where he is, and also just like being very scared <laughs> of what that whatever is going yeah. on. And then the transformation. So I gotta give it to Cillian Murphy. A little on the nose selection, but I'm not. I, I never shy away from those. Oh, Murphy's okay. a standout for me. Like any movie he's in, the movie's better <laughs> with him in it. I, I like. I just I like him as an actor a lot. Um, I don't think he gets yeah. as much credit maybe sometimes as he deserves actually, because I, I think he does a fantastic job. Uh, probably about to be a standout year for him though. It looks like. Oh yeah. Yeah, isn't he in um, Christopher Nolan's? Isn't he the main character in Christopher Nolan's oh, new film? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He'll do great. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, my Can't Believe That Acting Award, though, goes to Brendan Gleeson, who also, in every film that he's in, makes it better. Um, mm-hmm. He plays Frank Keir, uh, who, of course, is the father to Hannah. Um, also has a wide range that he needs to pull off here uh, from caring father to protective um, 
sort of uh, protector character to uh, angry to zombified at the oh, end yeah. and transforming covers a lot uh, and really is a presence on screen. So I, I got to give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good in everything he's in. He's, yeah. you know what? He's another actor that I don't think gets his due. As he much. doesn't, he doesn't, but you, and you still need to see, um, Banshees. Uh, yeah. What was it? What'd you say? Banshees. Of yeah. Inishirin? Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah. You, Inishirin. you should see that. Yeah. Um, Banshees of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should check that out. I think you would like it. The friendship okay. is kind of like me and you, Alex. Oh, wow. One of us is like awesome and the other one just drags the other one down. No, no. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking and, and you'll see why whenever, oh, okay. whenever you watch the movie someday. And if you've seen the movie, you'll laugh at that. So, yeah, their friendship between Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson is just like us, man. Oh, I can't wait to see that heartwarming yeah. story. Oh, it's a heartwarming story for sure. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good shot. What you got? Mine has to be like the like, iconic shot of him on the bridge by himself, and he's like yeah. looking around. Cool. It's it's a great, beautiful standard definition shot of a blurry Cillian Murphy on the bridge. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the HD era really kind of hurt this film. <laughs> I got to be honest. Like, uh, gr- when I watched this back on like a you know. A square TV, uh, not a problem, not right. a problem at all. On the mm-hmm. HD TV, it was a little hard to look at, and I had to search for other sources. And then I realized the trailers looked just as bad that were yeah. in HD. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just watched my DVD copy. Yep, yep, me too. But yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but it's a good shot though. Very, very haunting. Now, what about you, Eric? Mine is a shot that you mentioned. It's the zombies popping up um, at the church. <laughs> uh, it's so it, it is the probably the creepiest zombie moment we've had so far. I think it's very creepy. Um, I love that. There's some other shots that you mentioned. They're just weird shots that are disorienting, like a kind of a shot from the street angle, at, like zombies running. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. You just haven't seen that just all out full-on brutality. And I think that's what those angles kind of give us and show us is that brutality. Um, but the one that does stand out and that is memorable to me are the zombies popping their heads up at church. Absolutely. Uh, unique Eric, award. What about your, oh, who do you want to go first? I'll go. I'll go. Okay. I said it's the new he had to be bad award, and that goes to... Major West, played by oh, Christopher yeah. Eccleston, right? You, you <laughs> knew he had to be bad. Honestly, Alex, like his character reminded me a little bit, and a couple things, a couple other things, reminded me of Last of Us. Uh, you just knew this guy is going to turn out bad. Uh, any any sort of like ringleader in these post-apocalyptic situations, you know they're going to be a bad guy. You know that they have other reasons that they're wanting to use these people. There's not, nothing is free in a society like this with these types of people. Uh, so something is coming. You just don't know what it is. Uh, and it yes. turns out to be pretty terrible. Uh, so I recognized him, but I was, rec- so uh, 
I've told you, I'm like a big fan of the leftovers. Yeah. And he's a big character in that. And I got, but when I was watching it, I was like, I can't place who he is. Like <laughs> I know he's doctor who at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't place where else I knew him from. And that, that, that was that. Um, now my award, Eric, mm-hmm. the, my merciless queen award goes to Selena. What, she what transforms though, man. She hesitates. I know she gets, she gets happier. At the end. <laughs> well, she hesitates. She <laughs> hesitates with Jim. Maybe she's the Queen Mercy. Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, her. It's like you said, even though that middle third is a little lackluster, it really does help us really like our characters. Yeah. So it does get marks for that, even though it is a little dull. And her character really needs some time. After they show her heartlessly kill her, her her friend with like almost no emotion, and they do a really good job of showing that she is like a real human being under there. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, final thoughts and tiered rating, Alex. I'll go ahead and go first. I don't have a ton to say here. Um, what I that I haven't already said before. So I'll just say, I think this film worth. <laughs> uh visiting if you haven't seen it, it definitely it's worth visiting it is definitely influential i i see its influence yes in the walking dead of course but really this was the jump start of kind of 2000s era uh zombie films which there are several and there are several films from here up until like they've, they're making them recently right and i think this film has a lot of influence on so many of the zombie films moving forward um I, I i think even as i said last of us is is influenced by some of the things that we see in this film um mm-hmm. i think the middle part is middling um and i do think that they, some of the quality doesn't hold up just because of some conscious choices maybe and just the the, the era that this was shot in which is unfortunate but overall uh the characters are kind of what bring me back um to this film and and i think jim and selena frank and hannah those those four characters make it something worth seeing this isn't quite a godzilla tier for me it's close but this is a upper gamma tier film for me yeah i am right there with you eric i, I... So I used to be a real, this is almost like a brain dead scenario in some ways for you. Oh yeah. This movie is because I was a really big 28 days later fan Nice, and I still am, but there are some caveats this time. Mm. I didn't used to have much of a problem with the middle, um, but I, I do now it's a little, it's a little dull um, and not as quite as interesting in its world building and even some of its character stuff. Um, but other than that, and the just, I can hardly get over the quality of the film, but other than those two issues, I really enjoy this movie. Like that, that first 20 minutes after Jim wakes up are just really great. Um, maybe even more than that. And then after, and then the finale of this is just it's pretty perfect honestly it's really good those elements really heighten this to a high gamma tier for me 
I would I, I used to probably would have said this was a Godzilla tier, so it has dropped back a little bit over the years, but still a very solid recommend. The more we've talked about it, the more it's kind of moved up for me as well. Um, and so this is a you know one of the pinnacle moments of the genre. Even though it's not Godzilla tier, it is <clears throat> foundational mm. for sure. For sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, next week we watch an early 2000s comedy Shaun of the Dead will we be wishing <sighs> we watch Zombieland instead yes we will <laughs> <sighs> yeah I can't wait to watch Shaun of the Dead even though I'm sure it'll put me to bed just kidding Ooh. Shaun of the Dead's good Shaun of the Dead's good I just, I'm a really big fan of Zombieland that's all oh, it really comes down to <laughs> Oh, we'll have to get into that. We'll have to get into that, Alex, um, next week. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com. Become a bargain base mite over at patreon.com forward slash nvmpod and receive 150 bonus episodes. Wow, that's a lot, Alex. If you can't join at this time, a review or share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, rock band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louie Loop, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, as always, for listening. Until next time, don't... Forget to put water in the fish tank. Did you see that, Eric? No, I, I, did, I did not see that. I was going to say, don't it, stand underneath a, a zombie being eaten by a crow. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. But, but no, there's a moment in the film where it, we're in uh, the, the two other characters. What are their names? Frank and Hannah. The girl and the dad. Yeah, Frank anyway, and Hannah. We're, yeah, we're, we're in their house, and in her room, she has a fish tank with goldfish, and it's almost completely empty, and there's like six fish at the bottom, like barely alive. And I'm like, it's been 28 days. Surely you can fill this thing. Well, whatever. those goldfish, I can tell you one thing they're going to try to do, Alex. They're going to try, try to, stay to stay alive. Mafia, <laughs> wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Jam! 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 Jam!